Welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, a.k.a. Brutal Gash. Very happy to be back talking about 2019's undefeated Boston Celtics. Joining us as always, the man from Newcastle. It is, of course, Jackson, a.k.a. Rickman Lives. How are things, Jackson? Things are wonderful, Ben. Thank you very much for asking. I'm happy to be here talking about another uh, Celtics victory. So Yeah, man. It's good to be back. Awesome. And, of course, also with us, a massive warm welcome back to Joe, a.k.a. Nosegrowth McFly. Joe... It's good to see you again, buddy. What's new? Um, well, it's uh, it's it's a good time over here in New Zealand. It's uh, I'm watching these guys absolutely just melting um, <laughs> and into a puddle of sweat. Actually, I've got I've got a nice glass of wine. So, Jackson, do you want to give us? We can do a little cheers over little the little cheers across. The, yeah, yeah. Red's go. not the best for this weather, but hey, it's uh, that's what I had. Yeah, my um, my wine buying philosophy is I <laughs> get the closest to ten dollars at the supermarket. And then the tiebreaker is uh, whatever label is the prettiest. I think it's a pretty well, um, you know. I think a lot of people would utilize the sim- a similar strategy. That, that's um, fair. Yeah, I'm sure. LeBron, I'm sure LeBron does as well. He goes for the ten dollar bottles. Sure. I, I mean, if you carry it yeah. in, in a glass to an arena, he actually knows what was in there, right? Like, <laughs> it's probably just goon, right? It's the formula <laughs> for the uh, Staples Center walk-in. <laughs> <laughs> Look, some quick housekeeping before we are, before we get into it. If you want to get in touch, the best way is to comment on the Reddit thread for this episode or tweet us at Celtic Reddit Pod. Please also rate, subscribe to, and share the podcast. Those numbers are both helpful and motivating. Coming up on the show, the Celtics had a couple of healthy, convincing wins over the past week, and we'll be breaking them down for you and shouting out all of your Twitter and Reddit comments along the way. We will, of course, have the Reddit recap for this week. Plus, we'll look at the schedule ahead at some of our upcoming games, and we may even coax Joe into a rant or two. Who knows? What I do know, however, is that the Celtics did not get tangled in the nets of Brooklyn today, toppling the nets 116-95. to Guys, let's get into it. Thoughts, observations, etc. What's on your mind? Okay, off the top. Off the top. So, this is my thought about this game. This is the type of game we thought we'd be having, like, every other night, right? Like, when we were going into the season, this is like, we might give the team a tiny little bit of a sniff here or there, but at the end of the day, the result's not that much in doubt, and we ultimately take care of business. So, I guess um, I guess it's nice for the team to meet expectations, but at the same time, it does sort of throw into the, you know, like, into the open, like, how nice it is when a team is exceeding expectations, you know, like two years ago. Cool win. Can't com- no no complaints whatsoever. Nah, no complaints here as well too. Um, for me, there's only one major talking point for this game, and that starts and ends with Marcus Smart's hairdo. Now, I thought the braided, the artful braids had long gone when Gerald Green left us, and I've been seeing what he's been doing for Houston. But now I uh, see Marcus Smart rocking up to TD Garden with that thing going on there. It was uh, it was certainly a sight to behold. And uh, if it uh, if that's what helps his uh, his three point shooting, at least in the first quarter, then um, I, I say he needs to keep it or expand upon it. Is would, are we in agreement with that one? Maybe he needs to go Anthony Mason. You know, maybe he needs a new slant. You know, remember Anthony Mason? He used to have like he used to have really ornate things um, shaved into the back of his head when he played mm. for the Knicks. So the, the, the clover's not ornate enough for you. 
Oh no, no, it, it's clearly ornate. <laughs> I've just, I've just never been a fan of the braids look. Hey, yeah. You know? um, yeah. I, in all honesty, when I saw her, I thought if he has a terrible shooting night, it's obviously going to be everyone's go-to scapegoat. Yeah. Oh, the, the, when they wound too tight, it threw off his his equilibrium, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But no, <laughs> if anything, I felt like they may have like hid some things in there, and it, it actually uh, helped his three-point shooting. Um, obviously, I think it kind of. It, I think he ended up shooting 50% overall in the in the game, but um, uh, yeah, that first 40, quarter was 40, 40, 40, 40 50 from three, 40%. Still, yeah, it's, it's for Marcus Smart number. Those are those are some heady heady heights. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, no, uh, the, his first quarter, the first I think four or four or five from the, in the first quarter were unbelievable. So more of that, please, Marcus. Thank you. Yeah, he was definitely he was definitely wet from three, particularly early in the game, and um and, and taunting the Nets bench there for a little bit. Uh, if you want to see a picture of Smart's hair, you know, obviously you've seen the game, but if you want to see a close up, uh, user RLS012 posted it to the sub uh, a little just after the game, so worth checking out because it was very ornate, as as Joe put it. I want to talk, you know, it was, it was a little bit of a nothing game, really. I guess it was something to be excited about given the lack of, of, of the team meeting expectations to, to this point in this season. Um, but really just business as usual. And, you know, a, a good team in the Celtics taking down uh, a, a terribly injured team, a, a hospital Nets in their own right. Um, but let's, let's talk about, you know, what do we like about this game? We'll get to what, what we didn't like and just some, some general notes about the game before we get onto the Reddit recap. Uh, I think a good place to start is that eight Celtics players finished in double figures that was that was tweeted by the official at Celtic stats uh twitter account and posted to the sub by Furby Ball FC um that's a really good spread of scoring a really good scoring distribution and, and not really something that we've seen uh so far this year so far this season it was really good to see maybe that's a sign of everybody settling into their roles a little bit with mostly everyone back healthy yeah when I talked about how this was the sort of game we expected would happen, that's yeah. another thing I had in mind. We sort of mm. expected that there'd be a lot of nights like this where we had seven or eight guys in double figures. But man, I was hoping hoping Jalen would uh, get those last six points. You know, just to I, I've never heard of nine guys in double figures in a game. I wonder if it's even happened. Good yeah, question. It must be a rare, it'd be a rare thing. I bet the Spurs have done it sometime yeah. over the last like fifteen years or what have you. But um, I think eight players in double figures like it, it kind of. It, it it echoes the thought that I had. So I couldn't tell you who the best player of this game was for us. Like definitely smart in the first. I'd say Kyrie in the third. Hayward had glimpses as well too. But really, it was just a really nice balanced effort from everyone there. And I think like that's if we want to go back to basics or go back to the simplistic sort of yeah expectations or what we figure that the Celtics team will look like. It's going to be something along the lines of like that. Like Kyrie's obviously going to sometimes be the leading scorer and it might be a little bit lopsided but in terms of that sharing the ball lots of assists lots of guys get you know eating or whatever they like to call it mm-hmm. um yeah that's 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 what we want to see and if we win i much prefer to win games like that than see Kyrie go for 70 not that i would love to see that but i think that's a more sustainable balanced model that bodes well for the future yeah yep yeah. i think uh i think for this team to play the way that they're supposed to play like when i say they're supposed to play the, the way that they'll achieve success and meet the expectations that we've, we've had for them all along there's no way that Kyrie can put up MVP numbers like he did exactly just enough today against the Nets to sort of ensure a win particularly in the third quarter there where it was getting a little dicey there for a bit and and Kyrie and Mook kind of were like nah mate and like stepped up a little bit and and got some buckets um, but for the most part there was really even distribution of um of not only scoring but minutes in, in in Brad Stevens rotation there it was like a really nice sort of satisfying even spread of lots of different stats and, and I know it was a nothing game and we should have beaten this team but there were a lot of satisfying elements to it 
like like a well applied coat of paint. Nice <laughs> yeah, spread. the the, the no precious runs. second coat. <laughs> uh, if we're talking about, sorry, nah, Joe. man, you go for it. I, I hogged it last oh. time. No, that's okay. I was going to say, I might be jumping a bit ahead there, but I was going to say something that definitely, you know, speaks to, you know, lots of players in double figures is that the team assists. Now, I believe we finished at something like 37, and I did did see something at some like Jackson, don't be so humble. You know full okay, well it's exactly, exactly 37. <laughs> I guess it could have been 37. <laughs> exactly. Like um, yeah. yeah, which apparently is the fifth straight. Team, we're, we're, pardon me. That is the fifth straight game that this Celtics team has gone plus 30 with the assists. And apparently that is a streak that is unrivaled by the rest of the NBA. The current, I think the either the other current streak or longest streak so far this season is three. So, I mean, given that we've gone, what in our last five, we've gone three and two or something like that. Um, yeah. there's, the, there's that term yeah. again. Uh, having, that st- having that stat as a constant, despite the losses and despite the wins, I think is a really, really positive sign. It really you know, shows that the ball movement is coming along really, really well. Yeah, we've been scoring pretty well since we were at that sort of 10 and 10 nadir, really since the Pelicans game, the first Pelicans game. Eh? Um, yeah, it's cool. I, like, um, I don't feel like there's too much clogged toilet. I sometimes get a little bit like antsy and I feel like we go a little bit soft, but that we don't seem to go like five minute stretches where we're going soft. You know, it seems to be that there's a reasonably quick correction and, um, and we seem to be putting a bit more pressure on the hoop. So, um, you know, we haven't really done it against anyone really, except like, you know what I mean? Like we haven't had any big wins for a while. Eh? Like we had Philly and then I think if you go back, maybe Toronto, Probably be the yeah. last kind of big one I can remember. Um, that's not our fault, you know. Can we beat the teams in front of you? But um, yeah, it'll be it'll feel good when we sort of start seeing it against and some high stakes games. Yeah, I mean the the Pacers game coming up is going to be a pretty huge test for us. And absolutely, I feel like we've been here so many times in this season already, yeah. where we we have a nice little stretch against. We're going to uh, turn the corner. Yeah, like a few terrible teams, and you're like, great, like let's. I can't wait. Like now, let's let's. Let's see us tested against a quality team like the the Bucks, who we lost to in terrible fashion recently, or whoever it is. I'm so ready for this. Like clearly, we've we've turned the corner, and then it happens, and like a bed shitting occurs. For it's a it's a common term used in this podcast. We just we just don't meet those expectations in, in that particular game's microcosm. It's how it feels too watching it, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Just the the no. disappointment of a horrible bed shitting. And, <laughs> and we, you know, we've got the Pacers game coming up. I thought it was a and... fart, but no. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, yeah, Pacers game is coming up, and here we are again. And, and I, um, I've drunk the Kool-Aid once again, and, you know, it's it's the next game. I believe it's Thursday Australian time, New Zealand time, and, and Wednesday US time, and I feel ready for it, right? Like I've, you know, Joe, I'm sure you'll bring me down off my... Um, off my high horse here, but I, I just I feel like the team has once again exhibited it enough to, to show that they're capable of, of knocking off a, a quality uh, opponent who's higher in the seedings in the East. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, big picture, I think we're better than the Pacers, but so, so you know, I guess I would expect to, to win this game to, to prove that, but, um, I you know, I think um, I remember talking when we were at, like, we had we sort of got on that first win streak, you know, after we were ten and ten, and I was kind of like, oh, I kind of want to see it for twenty games, and we're pretty close to game forty now, right? So we're game thirty nine as of right now. I've got that right. 
Something like that, AJ. Sounds about right. Something like that. 24 and 15 would be 39. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Stats yeah, man, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> big, big with the numbers, as you can tell. <laughs> this, this, the false humility thing kind of reminds me. My mum does this thing where she, um, where she'll be like, <laughs> she'll be like, oh, what's your name? Ariana Grande or whatever like that. She knows exactly who Ariana Grande is, but she just doesn't want to admit yeah. to it, you know? It, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's absolutely right. I don't want to. I don't want to take credit for being so flawless with my numbers or my, <laughs> <laughs> my memory. I need to dumb it down a session. Yeah. But anyway, but anyway. Oh well. Anyway, um. So what? Do, where do I feel we're at? I sort of feel like we have shown we are a different team to that ten and ten team for sure. You know, with there's there's some there's some decent data in there, but um, I I sort of feel like right now I feel like we're like a fifty three fifty four win team. That's where I feel like we're probably going to head, and I think that's probably representative of, of of what the team actually is right now, which is a an outside contender, you know. Um, and you know, show me twenty games where we rip off, you know, eighteen and two, and then against really good competition, and then it, it, your opinion has to change, doesn't it? But but I, I think on the basis of what we've seen, we've seen enough to say that the team is different, like like it is a different team to the team that went ten and ten. You know, they, they do things differently. Um, they take the, the offense is way more aggressive and assertive um, and, um, and, and we're healthy and guys, are, and, and, you know, guys like Jalen Brown are starting to find their footing and Hayward's had a few good games in a row. You know, there's sort of, this is sort of, a, this is sort of the springtime for this team, but there's plenty of time for the crop to fail. <laughs> absolutely uh you know it could, it could still go either way there's, there's plenty of time for it to fail there's there's plenty of time for it to yield beautiful beautiful bountiful. sustenance yeah bountiful sustenance to, um, to the celtics uh fan base out there us included so um it's an exciting juncture in the season where you know they're teasing us yet again and like now we've got this challenge coming up in a couple of days and it's i don't know it's an exciting time and celtics basketball is definitely fun to watch again in this recent stretch, it's not as frustrating as it was sort of heading into the, the closing weeks of, of 2018. So mm. I don't know. It's, it's fun again, which is really the main thing. That's what it's all about. You, you touched on the ball movement uh, earlier there, Joe. And I mean, that was really exhibited nicely in the, in this sort of nothing Nets game, but there was one play, I think it was about halfway through the first quarter and Al had the ball at the top of the key, just sort of beyond the free throw line. And he faked out Jared Allen at the top of the key and drove by him and, and, and hit this open Kyrie on the baseline. And Jared Dudley rotated off smart to cover Kyrie. And, and Kyrie just oh, had this like, yeah. in the what flow the of it all, this like natural, yeah. like over the that head. I'm mimicking it to the guys on the camera now. Over the head to um, to Marcus Smart, who was just like wet, wet on the three. And it was, it was so nice. And just the confidence in that play and the fluidity and how swift everyone was and, I don't know, like we just, we haven't seen a lot of that. And there are a few more examples of that throughout the game. Uh, one was, there's a really common play, the Celtics run, which is the, the Horford dribble handoff. We all know it. It's like the handoff slash pick and roll slash pop. And there are at least two occasions today where Al faked the handoff and then found a cutter along the baseline, which is like a really nice you, variation of that play that I, I haven't seen much of. Sneaky little devil Al Horford. Yeah, so good. Like, and just, just, and we talked about being teased by the team, right? And I promise I'll, I'll cut this rant off shortly. But being teased by the team, Al Holford for a while there was showing us that he was quite old, right? Like there was a bit of panic, like, oh, he's turned the corner. He's looking really old. And like, I know that he's not the most athletic like person 
like on the team, let alone the NBA. But like he's really sort of got a bit more of a spring in his step, not just physically but mentally, and like how he's making these plays for us from the five spot. It's kind of like a relaxed Jokic, like a Jokic light in and how he plays the game. Um, it's just really good to see as as everyone continues to fit the mold. I'm, you can tell I'm excited. Well, I'll stop now. <laughs> no, well, Al Horford, like, I feel like I've cut, I, sh- I must have said this, you know, I'm like an old person. I'm getting old, I start repeating myself. <laughs> but, um, but like, Horford's great, man. Like, he's a really good player. Now, I've, I think he is, like, he's he's had his peak as an NBA player, which is understandable, you know. Um, he's my age, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm certainly going downhill. So, Al Horford's allowed to. Um uh, but but he's still a really good player and 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 a really underrated player as the playoffs showed. You know he's at his best. He's got no holes in his game, and um, I think he's the most important. Oh, yeah, we've, I've kind of gone backwards and forwards on this, but I feel like he's the most important player for our team. And when and and a lot of our struggles have been down to him just not being himself. If he's hitting those two pick and pop threes a game, we're a different team, man. We are a really different team. Um, everything, you know, the, the offense starts to go through him. And um, and when the offense goes through him and he's a threat and he's forcing the other center to close out and he's playing aggressively, uh, that we always have advantages, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's why, like, when we talk about the whole are we meeting expectations, where do we think we're going to be at the end of the season, seeding-wise, wins-wise, everything like that, I kind of have to, like, still have a caveat on everything because I just think that we have players that are play far above their their regular season level in the playoffs, one of which is Kyrie Irving, who we haven't seen yet in the Celtics jersey, and I think we're all, you know, chomping at the bit to see that. But Al Horford as well. I think this is like three, four seasons in a row that like well, not yet, but the three, four the three, four seasons prior to this, his game is elevated again in the playoffs too. So um him having his struggles or him not looking himself in the regular season doesn't really bother me unless it looks like something like injury wise and obviously that can be attributed to age but like if he's just a little bit like you know slow off, off, off the step or not really you know his timing is a little bit off here and there that kind of stuff doesn't bother me um, because I just feel I have faith that it's going to be good in the playoffs and whatnot so to get glimpses of it like this throughout the regular season in these like you know nothing quote unquote games uh, is good to see but um, I've still got faith that you know even though he is probably past his peak and he's just you know probably starting to exit his prime or entering his twilight however you want to look at it mm-hmm. i still think there's a serious baller in there come playoffs time so we've got that to look forward to yeah <laughs> serious baller within uh we've discussed what we liked about the celtics over the past week and this this nets game as well before we get to what we didn't like or what we don't like currently is any any other points there you guys want to touch on before we move on to the negative stuff it's nice to say time lord back i guess and he got his standard oop. I didn't see a block. Oh, I think he tried, to, tried for a couple of them, but no, he got that oop um, towards the end, which, um, I mean, as soon as he comes on, you can just tell the whole crowd and even the commentators are like so amped and so ready for And when it comes, it's real satisfying. Like he throws it down. So that was something that was super nice mm-hmm. to see, particularly late in the game when it was pretty much over. I just wanted on record, if I haven't already, there's, a, there's actually a Reddit thread about it too, but, um, but I'm really enjoying Scal as a commentator. Really, really enjoying Scal. Yeah, I, I should probably like. Scouts I probably man. like the com, com. You know, I quite like the the on off. Someone said in this Reddit thread, I might give him a shout out just now. Uh, that we got here. Uh, that the basically the guy made the point. I'll, I'll try and find it later. Um, but he's like, they he really likes having Tommy at home and and Scale on the road. I like having the the difference between the two. Um, but I'm really enjoying Scale's commentary. Yeah, I, I, 
I, I really enjoy Scal's like analytical. Like you can tell that he's played in the league recently, right? Whereas Mike Gorman and Tommy Heinsohn have obviously been around for a while, and, and Tommy Heinsohn has been on, all, all around the league in, in various capacities. But you can tell that Scal has played recently, and, and his analysis kind of speaks to that. He's got like this youthfulness to how he looks at the game, and it's it's current and relevant. And him and Mike Gorman really bounce off each other well. I, I really enjoy it. But having yeah. said that, you know Tommy Heinsohn's got this really sweet old school twang to him and and you know one of the good things about following the celtics maybe from even the international perspective is like the the historical um greatness of the celtics and that they've they've got they're this storied franchise and and listening to tommy heinson you can tell that he's kind of part of that whole thing and that's got a really nice vibe to it as well so i'll, yeah. I'll be happy when they're 50 50 again yeah, and I, I, I appreciate all the games we get with Tommy because, let's face it, he's not going to be around for that much longer That's as sad right. as it is. But And, I mean, Scal's obviously got that seat as soon as, you know, Tommy wants to step aside for whatever reason that be. So every time I hear Tommy, it, it, it just brings a smile to my face. Like, even if we're playing terribly, you know, his take on it is excellent. But, um, yeah, I'm totally with you, Joe. Um, whenever I can't get a, a Boston, MB, an NBC Boston um, MSM, is it MSNBC or NBC Boston? Uh, NBC uh, Boston. Same, same thing. Whatever. <laughs> whenever, I, whenever I can't get the Boston stream or I have to settle for like the the uh, the the away stream or, or the ESPN or whatever, uh, yeah, it's it's a lesser experience without uh, without the Celtics guys in there. Tommy in particular, but uh, yeah, Scal Scal's great. So true. Um, that particular user, he's already going to get another shout out later in this thread. Uh, in the, in, sorry, the thread in this uh, pod, I believe. That is the estimable Larbird thirty three. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. and uh, I think the the initial scowl commentating sort of post or question was posted by user Sosa55, so got to give him a shout out as well. Shout out to, uh, you know, to those of the Reddit community who are contributing this content. A topic uh, that's been on my mind. <laughs> well, there you go, relevant. Hmm. Uh, and here it's come about organically, much like the Celtics ball movement. Anyway, I digress. Uh, what else do we like? We've got some missed points here. The healthy Celtics, obviously, it's good to have everyone bar Aaron Baines back. Unfortunately, um, it wasn't like your stereotypical dominant big man that we needed to throw someone like Baines at tonight. So, uh, Also, whenever one niche Celtics fan favorite throws a lob to another. So we had, I think it was Smart to, to Shemi recently or, or vice versa. And tonight we had Tice to the Time Lord. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone in the garden crowd went crazy. Everyone on Twitter and Reddit went crazy. It was just a really nice uh, connection. Jalen Brown attacking. He had four assists. Um, I think we all know the frustration of Jalen Brown driving to the cup and uh, just fumbling the ball. Old Butterfingers Brown just uh, coughing it up, not really knowing what to do with it. And he had some really nice uh, finishes where you know he didn't score a lot of points in, in tonight's game, but he there were a few times where he actually appeared to know what to do with the ball, which um, is something that you want from an NBA player. So that was really nice. <laughs> yeah, definitely. If if, if uh, the more I think about Jalen Brown, yeah, if, obviously I don't know what's going on in his head, but you just feel like if he has like some decisive decision making, particularly when going to the basket, whether it's to he knows for sure he's going to shoot or he knows for sure he's going to pass, I feel like regardless of the result, it's going to look a lot better. He's going to play a lot better and those chances will eventually come for him. It's the fumble and the sort of hesitation and the, the you know, it, it just permeates through the screen. You can tell that he's a little bit confused about it. So yeah. to see the decision-making a lot more solid today from Jalen was um, was really good to see. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I like to think he'll get there, but... Um... But anyway, like if we're gonna if we're gonna move on to some negative things, I can I can talk about Jalen Brown a little bit, who I still yeah. love as a player. I still I still do I still love him. I still want him to succeed. Yeah, I just very fashionable some bones to pick with Jalen. Yeah, very fashionable. I love the short shorts look. Um, yeah, I think um, 
I love the flat top, man. I, I love the Jalen Brown look. Yeah. I think it's great. Um, but yeah, some bones, some bones to pick. Ben, have we arrived at that point of the pod? We have. We're at the official what didn't you like section of wah, the podcast. <laughs> we got to do it. We got to do it. <laughs> nah, it's going to be fair. Gonna be fair. We could gush over the team all night, but uh, we, we've got to keep it real. So, uh, Joe, I'm going to throw over to you. I have a feeling you have something to add here. <laughs> well, Jalen has been playing better of late. Um, and and he's Jalen's a real NBA player. Like, I mean, as much as I'm, I'm, I'm you know, picking, picking on him a little bit here, he is a real NBA player, and he is a real starting quality NBA player. Or he will be for sure, but this free throw thing, man. Oh yeah. Like his his percentages are a little bit better lately, but his shots are not. Like he is hitting way too much rim on his free throws. He is not there, man. He is not there yet, eh? And um, like I was I was trying to cut. I like Butterfingers Brown as a name because um, <laughs> that actually really rolls off the tongue quite nicely. But I was thinking like one goes down Brown because man, he gets one for two. <laughs> Every single time, eh? And you can tell yeah. straight away when he releases it. It looks heavy sometimes. Um, look, I just hope the kid gets out of his own head, you know? There's a quiet comfort to that, like the knowledge that he'll definitely get one point every time he goes <laughs> to the line. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know, I know what you're saying. It's frustrating. He's a, you know, he's not a big man. He's technically a guard. He, he should be hitting his free throws at a much higher clip than that. So I feel yeah. you. I think he's I feel a, it should just. I feel it should just be getting free throws more than he does. Even if he's bricking them, you know, I feel like the best, the best, um, the best way to improve is to practice. And I'm sure he practiced in the gym, but actually practicing in game, which is caused by getting to the rim and drawing those fouls. I think that's something that you know he can certainly you know work on as well too. But yes, I agreed. The the one 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 down Brown is uh, actually has a ring to it, sadly. But yeah, he's yeah he's um he's just not relaxed, you know, and and like the that's. Part of the reason why he lit, misses a lot of free throws. It's part of the reason why he doesn't finish plays a lot of the time. You know, he's just like people say he's athletic, but um, there's been a lot more talk, I think, in the in the blogosphere, Twitter sphere, you know, whatever, about how there's more measures to athleticism than how high you can jump and how fast you can run. And one of those things is like coordination. And Jalen Brown is like a he's a he's a funny athlete. He gets his shot blocked a lot because he he's not prepared to catch the ball or he. He catches the ball and he's too upright, you know? And a lot of those, that's a lot of the reason why he doesn't finish plays. And so he won't get fouled. Or if he does get fouled, he won't, you know, he won't finish it. Um, and, and I wonder how much of that's mental. I wonder how much of that is, man, that, that, that's also just going to be maybe a little bit of a thing for him, you know? It's sort of like um, he, he, he sometimes struggles to react. Um, that's, my, that's my sense on him. Whereas somebody like Smart is the total opposite. You know, and Smart has his own shortcomings, although I ignore them because I love him. Um, <laughs> but but he's Smart's always like Smart's fluid, like he is fluid, eh? You know, um, he is he, he's he's really caught by surprise out there on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you both a question then. Is it talking about Smart and talking about Jalen Brown? Is it easier to learn your way out of either particular situation? As in, is it easier for Jalen Brown to to learn those mental skills and, and learn that alertness and learn how to pair, um, you know, those mental abilities with his clear physical abilities, or is it easier for Marcus Smart to learn how to shoot consistently? Well, I feel it's I feel it's got to be easier to learn 
a basketball skill or improve a basketball skill rather than learn whatever is holding you back in your brain. Yeah. But there's no real metric for, you know, progress when it comes to men- mentality issues. You know what I mean? I, I, there was a popular theory going around that it was like his hand was injured. So that was probably throwing him off a lot. But it, like, how good are you at playing through pain? Like maybe he's constantly aware of it and that's what's throwing him off mentally. Yeah. Or maybe it is just a physical thing there. So I would say that I'd say albeit a small sample size, the uptick that we've seen in Marcus Smart's shooting over this past season, yep. it suggests to me that he is he is working on that and he is getting much better of it. The fact that we're seeing a bit of a downturn or maybe... I'm trying to pick my words here. Maybe just a regression from last season when it comes to him getting to the rim. This is Jalen, of course, obviously, mm-hmm. and looking a lot more confident. Yeah. Um, I guess it doesn't. It, it's not a. It's not a given that it'll go down and then come back up, or it might be, or it'll stay down, or it'll go back up, or it might just be one of these roller coaster sort of up down things. If that makes sense, I think I'm babbling here a little bit, but I feel like I feel like Jalen's mental issues, if they if they are there and that's what they are, might be harder to overcome than rather him, you know, shooting free throws better. You know what I mean? If it's yeah. just that in a microcosm versus mentality, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think. Um... First of all, on Jalen's free three-point shooting, I think what Jalen actually is is a league-average three-point shooter. I think that's what he actually is. He'll have some seasons that are above it and some seasons that are below, but I think that's what he really is. Um, and that's cool. That's fine. That's all he has to be. That's great. You know, like, he came into the league and and it was a big knock on him that he couldn't shoot. Well, he can. Yeah. He can shoot. Um, the My, my sense is, um, with regards to picking up those skills, is... Marcus is like he's year five now and he's improved slightly. And I think a lot of his improvement and percentage is probably down to shot selection. Like he's just not doing those same heat check threes. And partly maybe that's because he's got his contract. He's got his money. Um, and that's cool. Like I think Smart has had a phenomenal season. I think he's, I, like, I think for me, I think he's been our second best player this year. Um, you could make an argument for, for Mook too um in that spot but I, I i really do i think he's a phenomenal player like no qualifiers no like gee he really surprises you with how well he contributes no he's a phenomenal player that said i think he'll i think he'll probably also this is my guess i think smart's issues uh don't really hold him back like he's a he's him no matter what you know yeah and and i think as a result i think he will have on the whole like overall this is my bet I think he'll have a better career than Jalen, but I think Jalen's peak period, like Jalen's going to put it together at some point, probably in his like age 27 season or something like that. And he's probably going to be at that point quite a bit better than Smart was at his peak. That's what I think is going to happen. So yeah. so kind of both, but d- does that make sense? Like um, I think they'll both acquire some of those skills to an extent, but um, the the way it'll all come out on the wash is, is, is more like... Um, and somewhere in between, yeah, yeah. Just just real quick before you go, Ben. I think Jalen's peak is probably either the best number three or at absolute best, the best number two option on a team. Whereas sure. I think Smart doesn't even enter into that best one, best two, best whatever option. He's just that guy. He's like the Draymond sort of option that is just 
when he's in there, everyone else sort of operates more efficiently or, or he, he, you know, uh, exudes his personality or his confidence or his way of playing onto everybody else. And that makes everyone better. So you can't really quantify it as either one, two, three option. So he's in that by himself. Whereas Jalen, I think, yeah, his, his peak, I think his best, best period in his career, he'll be either be like a, a, a very, very reliable number three or, or a very good number two. You know what I mean? So never quite the heady, heady heights of, you know, what we would love him to be. But uh-huh. at the same time, not a scrub by any means. Yeah. There were two really good answers to my question. I'm, I'm glad I brought it up. <laughs> he's, he's and, no, a, a scrub is a guy who thinks he's fly, which is LeBron James, right? So. <laughs> Biggest scrub I, in the Do earth. I hear a rant coming $10 wines. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just warming up here, Ben. I'm just warming yeah. up. Well, look, we're in the we're right smack bang in the middle of the what didn't you like uh, segment. So if, if a certain person didn't like uh, a certain player calling themselves a certain goat, then uh, now, <laughs> now might be a good time to bring it up. But we can get to it later. You know, if it, there's no rush. We've got time. All right. All right, let's, let's move on for now. I'll myself. If you can see Joseph right now, he's physically, he looks uncomfortable. Um Second and third quarters in general for the Celtics, and um, that applies to the particularly the second quarter against the Nets, or I should say rather the third quarter against the Nets today, uh, made me curious. And I, I did myself some research on our net rating in second and third quarters over the past five games versus our net rating during the first and fourth quarters over the past five games. And this will tell the story as I'm sure you all imagine it to be. The net rating for the Celtics over the past five games for the second and third quarters negative 9.05 whereas the net rating over the first and fourth quarters in the past five games for the Celtics is a plus 30.65 that's correct that is a huge differential I had to check that and recalculate it several times because it just seemed unrealistic but I mean that that tells us two things I I guess that we already know but it's nice to see it quantified for us in 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 numbers there that we start and finish games really strongly and we really quieten down and and relax and become maybe a little too complacent in the middle of games there but if you have to choose you know obviously starting it and and more more importantly finishing the game strongly is um is what you would uh what you would elect for I would imagine was Totally was about to chime in and say, yeah, I bet you if that was reversed, our net rating in the second and third quarters were far, far, far higher than the than the numbers that we have, you know, to say that was in the one and fourth. I think we would be closer to the eighth seed than we would be the first. Well, no, probably even lower than that, you know what I mean? So obviously that's that points as, a, as room for improvement. And you can absolutely win and lose games in the second and third quarter by playing poorly. But um, I think uh, a, a good start and a good finish is obviously what I would prefer. And working on everything in the middle is something that we can, is obviously they will work yeah. on. I'm sure, they, I'm sure they've noticed yeah. it as well, as well as us. I, I, I do have to add there as well that there's obviously a correlation between our starters playing more minutes in the first and fourth quarters uh, <laughs> compared to our bench. That, that can't go unsaid. Definitely. But, you know, a team as deep as the Celtics are advertised to be, there should be less of a differential there, in my opinion. Now, now, Jackson, just a wee quibble. Just a wee quibble, Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just doing this for fun. Just doing this, but I do have a serious point. Okay. If the net ratings were reversed for the second and third quarter with those of the first and the fourth quarter, I think you'd find that the net rating for each game would be exactly the same. Now, I could be wrong about that, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, yes. Yeah. I suppose if they were the same, yeah, yeah. I guess if you swapped them around, it wouldn't make the yeah. sense. That's, that's okay. So, so, you're calling out the numbers master here, making me look oh, silly now. Yeah, you're forgetting the, uh, the magical, unquantifiable, um, universally sure. unknown uh, basketball um, 
stuff. <laughs> the, 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 the bas- the, I was I was forgetting the basketball stuff totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I guess I guess in the microcosm of yeah, if 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 you first and fourth was the same as the first, second, and third, and outward and blah 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 blah. You know what I, I mean? Yeah, like, it's, I it's a, like it is a it is a saying. fallacy. It is a fallacy. But yeah, I think you you understand that a bad start and a bad finish is far worse than a strong. Yeah, middle. I feel more yeah. comfortable with a with a strong finish, and I think it also like I'd rather have our starters playing really really well than our bench playing really really well because our starters play more minutes in our bench, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but look, if there's some Reddit commentators out there that are going to pick up on Jackson there, yeah, just know, guys, the podcast keeps its integrity. We keep a clean, we run a tight ship here, all right? It, would, it wouldn't be the first time I've yeah. said something statistical that made zero sense. So, man, bring it on. I'm cool. Uh, we, we get audited <laughs> by, uh, by the public on a regular basis. So this is, this is nothing new. Now, we're going to race through these last three points because we, we, uh, we are hanging up on this, this Nets game a little too long. Uh, one extra point I wanted to add was Tatum shot selection over the past few games has, has not been great. We, we talked about the healthy Celtics and all everyone settling into their roles. And, you know, with, with the majority of the team back, it's really nice to see that, you know, guys like Kyrie and, and Hayward, there's a really nice distribution there among the minutes and the scoring and things like that. And I, I feel like Tatum is maybe the one guy who hasn't completely bought into that, that, that way of thinking. And that, that shows in his shot selection where, you know, there are clearly other options available to him. There's plenty of time left on the shot clock, but he'll still harden, step back into a clanker of a, of a brick and, you know, it doesn't really turn out the way that you can, he clearly imagines it in his mind. And while I think his playmaking has really improved, particularly in the, the latter part of the season so far, re- especially in transition compared to Jalen Brown, he clearly knows what to do with the ball there. His, his shot selection is just not there yet. And it's, it's, I guess it's a gripe for me because of, of how, um, how in a high regard I, I, I hold Jason Tatum. I, I really expect him to become a great player. And that's just a, a, a part of his, his game so far that's just stalled a little bit. Yeah, yeah I think right. for a se- I think as special as he is, I think for a second year dude who's like probably give, being bestowed like the number two option on the team, then I think he's just trying to find that out. And there'll be stretches where he's just on fire, like those step back, you know, tintested Jays just rain all all the time, and everyone's not saying anything. But we know full well that like it's not the the, the best shot selection. So look, I think it. I think it's these things that'll just that'll just come and go. I think probably you know uh, Marcus Morris coming back into the team, the emergence of Hayward shooting more is probably contributing to it as well. To so it's nothing to freak out, but yeah, it, it is something that is noticeable, particularly when everyone else is playing in such a cool rhythm when Tatum does, you know, stop the ball sometimes with those Kobe-esque shots, which we've harped, harped on about before. But I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll eventually we'll, we'll be seeing a very, we'll be seeing uh, some Marcus Smart-like improvements in the shot selection <laughs> so. department yeah. for Jason Tatum. I, yeah. I find myself wishing, um, I think Tatum's, Tatum's a, like we've also got to remember this, like Tatum actually does have a superpower and that superpower is he does have actually phenomenal touch, you know, on those mid-rangers. Like, he's going to mm-hmm. be a LaMarcus Aldridge type guy. So, we kind of got to grade on the curve a little bit here with his shot selection. I agree, like, his shot selection drives me crazy. For me, it's more, I just wish he'd probably take one dribble closer to the rim. I, um, I feel like if he launches that fade away from 10 feet as opposed to 15, um, I feel like that, that shot from 10 foot, I'm kind of okay with it um he's forced the defense to actually pick him up often he'll you know he'll he'll get by the first guy and he won't make the second defender actually do anything he's he's going into his, his mid-ranger and I, I sort of feel like that gives up the advantage i think him and rosier i've also this is another little mini rant but um but rosier has a habit of of you know if basketball is about creating closeouts right like fundamentally 
He's got a habit of giving up the advantage that we get when off a closeout. He'll often catch, pump fake, jab step, and then go back. Go back to triple threat. You know, uh-huh. um, that, that stalls things out. Um, I wish both of those guys would just be a little bit more prepared to actually do something with it, you know? You, you kind of jab step in a game when you actually don't really know what you want to do, mm-hmm. right? You, you're playing one-on-one and you give him a jab and you hope to get him off balance. But it's because you didn't have something to do when you received the ball. I don't like that mentality. I, I want you, you to catch the ball and have a plan in your head when you catch it. You know, it's what made Jay Crowder really effective. Anyway. I think what... I think what- Jerry Rosier needs to do to get himself offensively is just give himself the ball in about the three-quarter half court, about the three-quarter court mark with about five seconds left, and he just lays it in. Yeah, because he's done that a few times, yeah. and it looks like really good. So yeah, right. no, yeah, none of this like jazz step hesitation, just just full pelt to the rim. I mean, if it couldn't be worse than a pull-up three, you know, like with eighteen seconds left on the on, on the shot clock, but it... take it up the guts, Rosier, up the guts. <laughs> right up. Yeah. yeah, look, we didn't really have time to get to Rosier, and there were maybe a few snubs in the what did we like section. Uh, earlier in the show, but I, I was really impressed with Rogier in this game and against the Nets. Not that he had a lot of competition to really uh, come up against, but um, it was a really strong showing for him. And he, he just played like a backup point guard, which um, is what he should be doing. So <laughs> anyway, look, we're, we're going to get to a couple of post-game thread comment shout-outs before we move on to the Reddit recap. User Fez John wrote, Gordon had, Gordon Haywood obviously had another solid game, and it's really nice to see three straight good games from Haywood, which again, another snub from our things we lacked but yeah, I mean, he didn't. Just he did. too many things to like, Ben. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> this is one of them. I agree. But look, it, it wasn't like the you know it was obviously his third game in a row, and he didn't have the numbers that um, he had over the past couple of games. But he played beautifully in the flow of the team offense, and there's a leadership quality to that. I think where he's showing the very talented but much younger guys like Tatum, like Brown, how the team needs to play and how they need to gel together. And you know, Hayward is often, I think, he's one of our best one-two punch play guys if you know what i mean like when there's a one-two punch play that results in a bucket Haywood also always seems to be on either end of that play whether it's the pass or whether it's the receiver of the play and he had a really nice connection with with daniel tice um where tice had at the top of the key and Haywood like cut baseline right under the bucket and it wasn't athletic it wasn't flashy or anything but it was so smooth and so professional and by the time Haywood was catching this bounce pass he was like one fluid motion where he was catching it and like getting it up into the bucket at the same time. And I think that's a really good way to lead by example for some of those younger guys to show that you can make a contribution. You, you can play at the caliber of an all-star, but not necessarily put up those numbers and, and it leads to a win. So good yeah. call out by Fez, John. Mm. On another level too, I think like the fact, given his, everything that he's gone through from the leg break and the rehab and up until now and the early season struggles, the, the more progress we see from him and the better shooting he gets, I think it almost is more of an inspiration to the guys who are also in lo- like lulls as well too. Like if you might be having a, ba- a barren spell, your shooting is not going down or whatever. You know, look at Gordon Hayward and the, and the progress that he's made so far. He's slowly getting back to where he wants, we, we want him to be or we expect him to be. Obviously not there yet, but there's some very tangible progress that we can that we can see now and that's got to have an effect on the young guys too if they're going through some sort of slump right yeah yeah i think you know spirit the the spirit of someone has really matters and um and and like i'm on i'm on the record of saying i think hayward's contract will turn out to be negative value over its lifetime Uh you know and and i i guess you know that's what i put out there so i'll stick with it but um but man, I'd rather have him than Jimmy Butler. <laughs> you know, like yeah, right. <laughs> um, oh yeah. And and I'd love to play with Gordon Hayward. Like if Gordon Hayward was on my team, um, like he, you know, he's got a contract that 
through really no fault of his own, he may not be able to provide value, you know, equivalent to. Um, but that doesn't mean he's still not like he plays the right way, you know. And 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 look, you know, I will be so happy to be wrong um, if he if he really gets it together. And so, yeah, I'm I'm happy to see these um, happy to see these good games for him. And you can tell by the reaction he gets from his teammates, eh? Like they, he's clearly not too unpopular. Even if he probably voted Trump, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Did he? Oh, this is, that is a thing. thing. <laughs> this is a thing, yeah, man. Like he like check his Twitter follows, man. He's got uh, he's like Fox News and um, yeah, right. Yeah, man. He's didn't didn't Tom Brady as well? So something about yeah, something about white yeah. guys in Boston just <laughs> voting <Yikes>. for Trump. <laughs> don't 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 come at me, guys. Just because I'm not from, I'm sure I'm sure there's a lot of you around against that. But hey, no, that's yeah, interesting. But we can get into it. who not. I mean, whenever you meet Americans, eh, you just kind of don't know how to go about talking about this no, stuff sometimes. You certainly know? not. Yeah, we'll have to get a few uh, on the podcast and have, have some uh, open discussions about it. Maybe in the Bring off season. On. Talk about the Celtics, Boston, Trump. You know, Politics. Why not? <laughs> a couple of very quick uh, Reddit post game thread shoutouts before we move on to the Reddit recap. User Porn Comments Are Weird wrote, Depleted Nets team, but no major regression with Jalen slash Hayward slash Terry. Love to see it. And user... Lead speak wrote, box score is porn, not safe for work, which if you are a fan of a player scoring in double digits and a team yeah. high at assists, then um completely agree. If that oh, little yeah. plus that little plus sign does it for you, yeah, absolutely absolute porn, no mm. worries. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back in a moment for the Reddit recap. Welcome back. We're here with the Reddit recap now and a post on the subreddit one day ago user Source God Too Easy wrote Kyrie's clutch scoring has been outstanding, but improved playmaking is just as impressive. And he goes on to write his 17 assists in clutch minutes, currently ranked second in the league, where Jokic is 21, I guess, first in the league. Though Kyrie is only responsible for two turnovers in 73 such minutes this season, while Jokic has totaled 14 turnovers. Boo Jokic. The well-roundedness of his game in crunch time is pretty special. Blending high-level passing with those fuck-you threes have made him impossible to contain. In my opinion, the most effective closer in the sport. This posted on a Celtic subreddit. Maybe a little bias. James Harden has been a pretty effective closer <laughs> as of late. But, you know, it's about Kyrie. It's on the Celtic subreddit, and thus it was 99% upvoted. And uh, we're here to talk about it. Guys, thoughts on, uh, on Kyrie's clutch scoring thus far? Kyrie's phenomenal, you know. Yeah. So much fun to watch. Yeah. I I wasn't sure I was actually going to like him that much when he came came over the team. Like I thought he was a better player than Isaiah, but but I didn't know if I was you know karmically that trade felt wrong, and um and <laughs> and I didn't know I'd like him. But um I'm really enjoying watching him. Really enjoying it. Yeah, I I, th- I think the whole thing preseason where he basically said I'll I'll resign if you'll have me like as if we wouldn't have him like that that's pretty unprecedented for like a, a guy of that caliber like a max guy to basically come out like a, a full season before he's going to resign saying i'm going to resign if you'll have me so he's obviously whether or not he's just saying the right thing to appease the fans or, or whatever like it, it, you believe that he really wants to be here and because he really wants to be here and really wants to be a part of this team it's obvious it's clear to see the things that he's working on you know uh not just his game you know the defense as well can't go um can't go um 
unmentioned. He's been much better on that, I think, than he previously has. Um, the playmaking as well, obviously, but just the overall leadership and the position that he's taken himself to put himself, you know, front and center of, of the team. And his performances are backing it up too, man. The clutch scoring, like just that, the, I mean, I think of, I think of the Toronto game that we won in OT, uh-huh. the Wizards game that was winning OT, and <laughs> funnily enough, another OT in Philly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like those were just three supreme performances. Like Harden is obviously going to get all the, you know, the, the wow, wow, look how good he is scoring wise. And Giannis is probably going to be MVP. And there's always LeBron. And you always feel like Kyrie is never going to be like the, the seventh or eighth name, maybe even more that gets mentioned. But he's truly, truly special. And I, I'm, I'm so stoked to have him here. And he's improving every single day. So it's only going to get better from here, I think. He's, he's just, like, I was thinking, um, he had a play today in the second quarter, but he missed a, he missed a really tough lap, and I was just shocked that he missed it, you know, like. I know um, the one you meant, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just, yeah, he's, um, he's just so good, man. Oh, my gosh. And he, he has these, he'll drive into the paint and go under and beyond the bucket and then, like, pivot, turn around, fade away. And I've seen him make that shot so many times now that I Expected. like I could close my eyes and be confident every time that that, that stuff's going in. Yeah. Like, And that's just that the degree of difficulty there, like, is, is, is so high. And yet, like, he makes that on such a regular basis. It's so exciting. I feel like there was a, a stretch there, inclusive of the time where we had, you know, Ray Allen and Paul Pierce and KG, maybe after 2008, after KG's injury, where we didn't have that that highlight player, that all-star, that MVP conversation player. Uh, and then even when we had that really nice first seed team with Isaiah Thomas and, and Avery Bradley and Crowder, mm-hmm. same deal. Really nice cohesive team, but not that like sports center guy. And we have that with Kyrie now. And we're starting to see like a version of that with JB and, and, and Tatum and sometimes the Time Lord. And it, it's so nice to, among everything else, the successes and, you know, and being a... Uh, a prolific team. It's nice to have that guy that you're gonna be reminded of on Sports Center every night. You know that the yeah. guy appears on on NBA related Twitter feeds, not just Celtics related feeds. As as nice as it is to win, you want to kind of be entertained first and foremost. Yeah. And obviously, if you're gonna lose, it's gonna sour the experience. So it's kind of one goes without the other. But like being in a position where we've got this great team that's expected to contend, and like you I mean for all our struggles we've had, being the fifth seed in the East, only four games behind the first seed, whatever, we're in a very privileged <laughs> position to have this position and also be a stupidly entertaining team. Yeah, so you know, if you're a Celtics fan, I really you know you can pick a holes in a lot of things that we've got going on, but really you should just be smiling because this is just not everyone gets to experience this. You know, so I'm I'm stoked. Yeah, there's a user, the first comment on that thread by Hey Biascus Hoops. I definitely messed that up. Wrote, in my opinion, it's his improvement on D that is most impressive. And I, I think I read somewhere on Twitter earlier today that he's actually leading the Celtics in charges taken so far this season, which I would not have put any amount of money on despite the odds at any point prior to the season. That's, that's just he got one. To, he got one today, I'm pretty yeah. sure, too, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Be, uh, just a quick thing there. Um, that uh, username will be pronounced Habeas Corpus, like Habeas Corpus, which is a. Ah, uh, yeah. I, know, I knew I messed it up. Ancient statute, uh, I believe, present, preventing unlawful imprisonment. Or unlawful, well, there you go. Yeah. My lack of uh, non-Celtics education uh, rearing its ugly head there. Well, see, I actually, I, I do have <laughs> a law degree, educate, so I should then. actually know, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it is, though. The corpus part talks about your body. It's something to do with that. Yeah. Maybe um, maybe the user can, uh, can chime in and, and let us know for real. I, uh, look, I, I want to give a quick shout-out to the, the other Celtics Reddit shout-out to user Larbird33 and, and his Strangers podcast. Have you guys listened to this yet? I listened to the Hondo one, for at least a bit of it I did, yeah. Yeah, it's 
Sorry, Joe, go on. No, I haven't. But um, this is, yeah, this is really intriguing. Continue. Yeah, it's interesting. So like the, the basic premise is that he invites guests on and, and usually it's someone someone else from Celtics Reddit and, and usually these guests, um, he's had like an online heated discussion with it at, at some point, uh, you know, text-based, ne- never verbal. So he, he gets them on his show and they see if they can find any common ground through a verbal conversation, obviously going beyond, you know, there's um, anonymity in, in, in an online-based text conversation and so he gets them on um, no holds barred you know the, the barriers are broken down and he'll have an actual almost face-to-face conversation with them and you know it's Celtics talk and that there's definitely a Celtics reddit element to it as well and it's just some nice extra Celtics content which I, I don't think you can have enough of really so it's it's a I don't know it's a, it's a nice extra submission of content obviously you know not to toot our own horn but we've got our podcast and Timmy with his, his great highlights content and this is like a really nice addition to the sort of Celtics Reddit community as well so worthy just, of a shout out and worthy of, of listening to as well if you haven't already I just think that's a really cool concept for a podcast totally yeah 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 and this guy Larbird33 he's been like pretty popular on uh, I guess Popular maybe is the wrong word. Um, divisive. Divisive, to yeah. Say the least, yeah. Uh, along with uh, Bill Hondo as well, who we had on his second episode. But um, he, he's made some really nice original content. He had, a, he had a YouTube clip a couple of months back or maybe a year ago um, selling plastic bags to, to wrap around basketballs to like improve your handling skills. So if you just look up Larbird33 on YouTube, yeah. you'll, you'll find all of his episodes and his, his previous he did a, content. He also, did, he also did a Brad Stevens highlights package oh, yeah. with Brad pacing up <laughs> and down right. and scored it to the man by the killers, which I thought was hysterical all the time. So yeah, yeah. shout out to him. Keep, keep, up, keep the content coming, Celtics community. Man, Larbird33, as you know, in New Zealand, we've actually kind of just banned um, single-use plastic bags from supermarkets as of, well, all the, the, the two major supermarket chains over here have, just, have certainly discontinued them. So. That's, I might actually have to buy some from Larbird33 because I can't get it yeah. from the super anymore. There's no other way. Yeah. Or like you'll need to propose another solution to uh, some <laughs> of these right. global uh, consumers. <laughs> well, uh, we'll see. So good on your Reddit community. Uh, you know, we know we love you. We're going to move on to uh, our upcoming games. Obviously, we talked about the Pacers game coming up. A, a, a really important game that the Pacers have been a consistently good team. And Victor Oladipo broke all of our hearts in the, the last time we faced this team. Um, they did lose to the Raptors recently. Um, so perhaps they are trending downwards in their form uh, while we perhaps are trending upwards. Or perhaps I'm way too optimistic, which I, I often am. Well, what do you guys think? I've been worried about the Pacers for what seems like months now. Yeah, I, don't have, know, I don't know yeah. why, but they're just so, they're just something about them just screams sneaky good. Like re- don't remember that. Like, don't remember. Don't forget. Uh, they they the took Cavs. LeBron. They took LeBron's Cavs to seven games. Should have beaten in, them. Should have beaten them. They should have beaten them too. So yeah. like um, you could argue that they were they were you know the package that they are back then too, and they're only getting better. But Oladipo's insane. Sabonis is having a stupid like efficient uh, season shooting from the field. Um, um, just players everywhere, man. So I think this is a, this is a almost as about as must must win early January regular season games you can get because I think if the Pacers start to put any more distance between us where we are and where they are, then that like that one seed, even though it's looking like quite far away now, I still in my heart of hearts believe it's attainable. But if we start dropping games to the Pacers at home when we've already lost what to one, we've already lost to them once so far this season already. And that loss still stings me for some reason. Cause I think we're up four with like 50 seconds to go. And then they just went on this stupid run and we, we cut, we choked it away really. Yep. So this is a big one for me. I really, really hope there's a big performance from the team for this one. Cause we're going to need it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I man, we surely will be up for this game. Like up. 
for it. You know, like we just haven't had that many big games. You know, to you know, I guess the Rockets was a reasonably significant game. There just haven't been that many of them, right, for us to really test ourselves again. So I think we should have a bit of an appetite. It's funny, just thinking about the standings, I I wonder if there should be an extra column and it should be like just games back from the Warriors. Because <laughs> I sort of feel like that's kind of <laughs> yeah. how we kind of measure it's it. It's really what everyone measures themselves against, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and so, so right now, what are we uh, games back from the Warriors? I'd have to do a quick calc. Uh, like Not that one much. One and really. a half games back from the Warriors, I think. Yeah, one and a half. Two, mm. two, two wins, one loss. Yeah. So you could say we're in elite territory. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. One and a half back from... Yeah. Not quite like Denver that. Nuggets territory, but hey, yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. shout out to the Nuggets Reddit podcast. Uh, the only other team Jamal Reddit Murray podcast. Jamal Murray sucks. <laughs> yeah, he got dropped today. And uh, I, so uh, I, I won't go into that like story. I, I did message my uh, Nuggets Reddit podcast friend and alert him to that situation. And he was, he was very um, unwilling to accept how badly Jamal Murray got owned. Um, <laughs> and very willing to criticize James Harden, but... Anyway, I digress. So, yeah, Pacers at home. Uh, that's going to be interesting. It is the second game of a back-to-back for the Pacers. So, um, and the fact that we're playing in the Garden as well, and perhaps we are trending upwards. I think it's going to be a really, really exciting game, and perhaps a turning point for the team. Bill Hondo Truth Bird, sorry, Bill Hondo Bird Truth JB, well-known Reddit user, wrote: Nets really stink without all their players, but we handled business. Pacers game is a test. So, absolutely. And from then on, we've got the Heat on the road, the Magic on the road, and the Nets again. But on the road or within the next week before we see you again. So um, interesting little stretch there. If we can get over this Pacers hump, maybe we can rattle off a few wins and get some very subpar teams. So it'd be a nice little stretch for us. The back-to-backs are on their way as well too after a bit of an absence. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting month. Yeah. I mean, I feel for the team there with the back-to-backs, but um, you know, I think we just went two, maybe three days without a Celtics game before the Nets game. And that that was enough for me. Like I, <laughs> I'm an addict. Like I need these games. So back-to-backs, bring it on. Yeah. It does make the losses slightly easier to swallow too. You can file it into the back-to-back loss category. It doesn't doesn't sting as much, but hey, yeah, bring it on too. I thought you were talking about you know if you lose the front end of a back-to-back, it's really nice to only have twenty-four hours to sort of wallow in it. You know, it's great. Yeah, too. Yeah, it's why I like basketball so much. Like, like soccer is my other sport. It's like you know you get you have a week for that to stew, and it (laughs) sucks. So yeah, having a having a bounce back twenty-four forty-eight hours is 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 the way to go. Yeah, unless you lose unless you lose all of them, obviously, (laughs) it just sucks even worse. Just from like a setup, soccer season must just be exhausting as a fan. It's so long, but. It's like so the build up. not a lot happening. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> four, it's like four, four tournaments, 10 months, a varying... Yeah, yeah, I won't get into it at all. But yeah, it, it's a slog. It's a slog. The NBA feels, even though it's like 82 games, feels like a feels like a, a weird sort of breeziness to it, whereas opposed to, yeah, soccer's down at the... Whatever. I could go on for hours. I won't. No, I mean, Sorry we're, we're almost <laughs> in that peak sports period. I mean, you could you could say that we are, but the cricket and the, and the NBA are on at the same time, so it's not really it. But when we get to like March, April, and you get really early in the morning, you get the baseball, the MLB, and then later in the day you get the NBA and then you'll get like your rugby league and your A-league and like there's basically from the Australian, New Zealand like time perspective, it's just you wake up on a Saturday and it's just like your day is just sports from morning Smog to night. Sport. Wonderful. There is, this, there is this minority sport called rugby union that exists somewhere. <laughs> oh yeah, I've heard of it. <laughs> that one as well. <laughs> All right, cool. That's going to do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Thank you, everyone out there, for joining us. Please remember to subscribe and to rate the podcast. It's a big help to us uh, as we continue to grow our audience for this project. So thank you very much for that. 
And while you're at it, go slap an all-star vote on your favorite Celtic player. I know I've been spamming the old Marcus Smart vote pretty heavily myself. We'll leave the all-star voting links in the show notes for this episode to make it easy on you guys. Jackson and Joe, thanks as always, guys. Have a great week. Likewise to you. Go Celtics. Cheers, guys. Good fun. All right. Thanks, everyone. Go Celtics. Peace. Bye.